Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parekh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. Jim Garrison started Logistics Media Services in 1990. Originally, his team provided sound systems for outdoor events, but eventually moved into doing large screen video production, which at the time was in its infancy. Since founding his company 32 years ago, Logistics has produced events that included presidents of the United States and countless celebrities. Here to share his business story and what he's learned in the past 32 years as a business owner is Jim Garrison. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So uh, it'd be great. Like, first of all, I got to say, you've been in business for a long time. I think you're uh, on the on the longer end of the the um, the guests that we've had on the show. So I'd love to talk about your early days first, and and talk about kind of what got you here to doing events. Like, what did you do before then, and and how did you get to the point of starting an events company? Sure, I was in retail for uh, 17 years, and I, I was just done with it. Um, it was no longer a challenge. It wasn't fun. Um, it was it was a job. And uh, so I did just kind of up and quit one day and I did not know exactly what I was going to do, uh, but ultimately ended up buying uh, some outdoor sound system PA. I had a little bit of a background in uh, AV and audio and stuff like that uh, growing up. And so we started providing sound systems for outdoor events. And once again, this is back in 90. And so projection uh, computers, uh, in some cases didn't even exist. In many cases were in their infancy. So the good thing about it is, uh, as you mentioned, when I was younger, 32 years ago, um, I got to learn with everyone else. Uh, as those systems came online, the technology advanced, I got to learn with everyone else. So I, I, I lucked out in that regard. I fell into it. So that there's that. So, okay. Let, let me make sure I understand this. So when you went into work and quit, you had no idea what you were going to do next. That's correct. Yep. Okay. I, so how I remember long did I take- called I called my supervisor and I said I'm done and he goes <laughs> I'll be right there. And this is six o'clock. <laughs> this is six o'clock in the morning too, by the way. And I, I told him I said you know what I'm going to wake up tomorrow and it's going to be 20 years from now and I will be not happy and I yeah. said I'm done. So yeah. 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 Did they try to uh, keep you there? Did they try to throw money at you and things like that? No. Uh, no? What's funny is uh, he he called me a, a, a name, but he was joking. He said, I should have done the very same thing you're doing now. And so, <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. So I, I guess he was kind of wishing you well at that point. But he was. He was. Yeah. There was no bad feelings at all. None. That's great. Mm. That's great. So how long did it take you from that point to figure out what you were going to do next? It took me about a year and a half uh, to figure exactly out that, okay, this is what I'm loving. This is what my passion is. And this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So you you didn't have a background in sound systems or anything else like that when you decided to go into this. 
you know, I had a band back in uh, when I was a kid and I, I was the audio guy and I learned a lot of uh, stuff there, especially sound engineering. And so I, I learned I didn't have anything formal training, but uh, I, I did have a pretty good background of how to make systems work. Okay. Yeah. Um, so th that's a, that's a great uh, kind of point, I think, for listeners is that, I mean, you can get into things and not know anything and you just kind of learn along the way. Yes. Uh, so in, in doing this, uh, you know, is this your first time doing an entrepreneurial venture, starting a company on your own or? You know what? Um, I'd had a couple of other things, uh, photography thing, but it was always a side gig as you mentioned as far as what the topic is here, a side gig. It wasn't primary source of income, but it was a side gig. So I did that and I learned a lot of things as far as just running your own business as opposed to being in the corporate uh, environment. And but as far as logistics media, uh, this was not uh, designed to be a side gig. This was going to be primary income. And so uh, failure was not an option. <laughs> so. <laughs> so did you have like in your family, was there any examples of entrepreneurs, anybody else in the family that you got to see do this kind of thing? Yeah, that's a really good question. My um, immediate family? No, no one. Um, but I look back to uh, both of my grandfathers and both of those guys um, were entrepreneurs in the purest sense. Um, one of them was what I would call a musician inventor. And the other one had a, several small businesses that uh, he just that's that's how he made his income. Uh, in some cases, it was carpentry. Um, he had a, a, believe it or not, a saw sharpening business, a handsaw. And it's like, you couldn't go buy these tools. You had to, you had to keep them sharp and keep using them because it cost too much to keep buying. So he made a lot of money off of sharp, sharpening saws. There were no power tools, by the way, back then. So there was that. So. <laughs> uh, that that's so interesting. So uh, going into this, then... So you, you, did you have a background in business and, and like understanding like how to set up everything? Like, how did you figure some of that stuff out? So, um, I barely squeaked through high school. Okay. <laughs> so, so, um, I actually had a scholarship available to me for music and I thought, what am I going to do with that? And so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go to college at all. Um, I went to work and um the one the one big takeaway from retail and the the business that uh, I was in there uh was was payroll um you, you had to learn that so you got a pretty good exposure to running a business even though it wasn't yours you certainly uh, were exposed to all that stuff um i think my biggest thing was without a doubt uh, learning customer service and that's what it's all about period yeah yeah. So let's talk about uh, your customers and your client base. So you're starting basically coming into this industry, even though it's it's a nascent industry and there's not much going on yet, um, but you're coming into this industry. You don't have any clients. How do you find your first clients and, and how do you build your customer base? So this is funny. The The biggest event I did with the audio system um, was a uh, it was a charity fundraiser thing. And they were going to be having a big, gigantic um sponsor dinner and some of the sponsors at this dinner were going to be companies like HP, Accenture, Bank of America, things like that. And so the client comes up to me and says, well, we've heard there's a way of doing this large screen projection. And what we would like to do is put the logos of all of our sponsors up on this large screen projection. And I'm going, oh yeah, yeah, I got that. Yeah. 
No. Um, so, <laughs> so, so you didn't know what they oh, were talking about? Oh, not a clue. And, well, I, oh, I knew what they were talking about, but how to get there now. So I called up some friends that I knew were in the AV business. And back then, um, the biggest thing was you were still using 35 millimeter slides. Uh, there was no projection at all. And so I told the client, I said, oh, yeah, we can do that. And we can put the logos up there and all that. And so we pulled it off. Um, it was an awesome event. And that's that was actually where I fell in love with the business. I'm going, this is a blast. I love this. So as I mentioned, customers like Hewlett Packard, Accenture, Bank of America, all of a sudden they're knocking on my door calling me. Hey, we saw what you did at the fundraiser. We have a meeting coming up and we want to do the same thing. And oh, so wow. I'm off and running now. And that's that's where I got introduced to my first set of clients. And that's not not a bad top tier level of client to start with. So. <laughs> so you got very, very kind of lucky, I guess, with that it, first it. kind of lucky. nonprofit just fundraiser. Lucky. Yep, yeah. just lucky. Yep. So how, how did you pull off that projection? Was it thirty five? Did you get like thirty five millimeter projectors? And no, and there were there were actually video projectors back okay. then. And instead of PowerPoint, there was a piece of software called Astound. Okay. And so I um, actually made I handmade all of the logos using the software, and then we plugged a computer into the um, um, video projector and projected that. And we had, it did not have just one, but we had two gigantic uh, projection screens there that, um, like I said, that's, that was my first introduction to it. So, so it, you had to hand make the logos. They, they yeah. didn't have like files there, for you or anything. There were no, they, they didn't exist. I mean, it just, you had, you had <laughs> printed material, you had the, the, the artwork, but there was nothing right. digital, nothing digital, not even. Wow. Wow. No, nothing so to scan. That, yeah. So that's the, the classic as an entrepreneur, as a founder, you do whatever it takes to be successful. Exactly. And so you did it yourself. You, you're not an artist, right? You've never. Um, I'm, I'm fairly good now. <laughs> back now, then, yeah. But, I, I could but drop back stick then, people, this was, but, yeah. was this like your first time doing this kind of thing? Like making it logos? Was. It was, yeah. And I had to learn the stand. I had to learn the software before I could even start uh, doing <laughs> this. So, yeah. So I, I imagine it was a lot of late nights. It was a lot of time. It was, like, but it was software. fun. I yeah. enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about um, kind of the the event side of the business because I think this is a, a question for a lot of people. Um, like thinking about businesses like this, it, it's really hard to understand. Like, what what do these kinds of events um, generate in terms of revenue for a company like you? Is it um, you know is it thousands of dollars? Is it tens of? Does it depend on the the client size or the event size? Like, what what is it that kind of drives? Um, how you pitch these events to be able to get them on as clients. Sure. Uh, the first thing is going to be location. Where is it Where is it going to be? Uh, that's going to be a big budget factor right there. Uh, the other thing will be the size of the group. Um, it, we A lot of our meetings are 500,000, 2,000 people. So those are pretty big size budgets there. Um, yeah, a, a budget for just and just the AV. Just the AV. I'm not talking about flying them there, getting them there, feeding them, uh, hotel, none of that. I'm just AV, whatever's in that ballroom or convention center. Uh, those budgets are easily 150000 to a quarter of a million and sometimes quickly approaching seven figures. Just depends on the, the group and how many days and how large of a group it is. Right. Right. So uh, lo looking back on your career, I, I, like obviously now 32 years into it, you've kind of figured out you know, how to price it right and everything. Thinking back to the beginning, how did you figure it out in the early days of how to price these things? And, and looking back on it, were you doing it wrong? 
No, what was funny is um, I, I I nailed it. I, I, I I'm still I look back and I'm going, how did I do that? Um, but it was funny because I'm after a while you kind of get an idea of what stuff costs. You know, I know what a, right. I know what a technician costs. I know what renting sound system costs. I know what renting this stuff costs. So you can put a budget together pretty quick. And I was certainly not used to seeing those kinds of numbers just coming out of the retail. I'm going like, you know, it's not this is not a five dollar item here. And I remember uh, providing my first quote to my one of my clients, and I, in my head, I'm going, "There is no way <laughs> they're going to pay this. There's just no way." And right. I kind of slide across the table, and they're going, "Oh, okay, well, that's better than we thought." I'm going, "Geez, <laughs> all right." So did, so did that make you feel like, "Oh man, I underpriced this"? You know what? No, it, the fact that um, I mean, you could always make that adjustment next time for the next client. But but right. for this time, all I wanted to do is I wanted the gig, I wanted the job, yeah. and I and I wanted to be ballpark. I wanted to be competitive. So uh, at this point, uh, I, I just wanted the job. I just wanted to do it and pull it off and and put one more job under my belt. So. Yeah, yeah, um, that's great. Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901. Quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at Hiscox.com. Hiscox, the business insurance experts. Uh, so l- let's talk about um, the job in general and like the, what, what it impacts you as because you are in a high stress job, right? These things like all the things have to go right. And one thing goes wrong. It, it's noticeable. Like everybody sees it and everybody's wondering about, you know, like who's running this thing. So how do you manage the stress of, of not just running the business, uh, but also of, of the events themselves? Because there, there's really two sides of this because you're the founder and owner of the, the business and you've got to make sure that you've got enough revenue to pay everybody and, you know, keep everything going. But then when you actually get to the event itself, like you got to make sure everything goes right, and if yes. anything goes wrong, you got to make sure nobody notices that it went wrong. Right, and and that's that's the best question of all time. It really is, um, and that's all about live events. I mean, this is live TV. There's no do overs. You don't get to walk out on stage and say, you know what, uh, we're going to start this PowerPoint over again, and so everybody sit back and we're going to. You can't do that. That doesn't happen. So you are 100 percent right. There is a certain degree of stress. Uh, I thrive on it. It's fun. Um, but if you're prepared, if you've got the most brilliant technicians surrounding you, that helps a lot. Um, in the AV business, the biggest thing you can do is redundancy. Uh, you don't have just one backup. You've got two backups. And um, so if, if you've got a projector standing by, you got two projectors standing by, already dialed in, ready to go if there's a problem. Um and yeah, you don't want, cause yeah, if something goes wrong, they're all looking back, like what's going on back there. So, um, but so uh, redundancy is the big thing. And then uh, you just start now with the right folks, the right techs, um, the, the technicians that I work with, um, they are unbelievable. Um, a lot of them, uh, are Emmy winners in audio, Grammy winners, uh, in different things. Uh, a lot of them have, um, degrees in engineering for video production. I mean, they're all, brilliant. Um, here's, this is funny. I am not qualified to work for me. So (laughs) I'm not joking. (laughs) So, so, but so what actually what I, uh, in the beginning of the business, I started out as a tech 
And, and that's where I kind of inserted myself into the, the event. And now I'm pretty much a producer. That's what I do. I'm the guy back on the, uh, the tech deck, the tech table, uh, that's got the headphones on and say, roll video. Um, let's do this. Uh, bring him out here. Uh, where are we at on PowerPoint? I'm the one doing all the talking to the whole crew and the meetings taking place. So that's kind of where I fit in now as a producer as opposed to technician. Yeah. But, but as you were kind of working up and building this business, um, you've worked in all of the positions. So you understand all yes. the stuff that, yeah. that's going on. Yeah. I may not know how to get there, but I do know what looks good. I know what looks right. Um, right. And, and I do know, like, for instance, if it can happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the technical side, I leave that to folks that are much more talented than I am. So Yeah. And I think that's, that's a very important thing that you kind of have touched on is that a lot of times founders don't necessarily understand all of the parts of their business. And I think it, it leaves this question as to how do you manage a business if you don't understand it? And, and fortunately, it sounds like you're not in that case. No. Um, what's funny is um, everybody says, well, do you read at all? You know, they're usually talking books or whatever. And they're like, yeah, I read manuals. I read stuff. How does things work? Uh, uh, I do. I just keep training myself in that regard. I, I do not get complacent. The, in the AV world, technology changes dramatically every six months. And that's no joke. Every six months, uh, you've got to stay up with it. So, yeah. And yeah. as you pointed out, I'm probably a little bit more senior than a lot of folks. And so the expectation is you better know your stuff because, you know, maybe a youngster may be passing you up and I'm, nope, that's not going to happen. <laughs> he, he's going to have to run to keep up. So, yeah. So let, let's uh, kind of extend this conversation into um, balancing stress and, and the demands of all that you're doing and, and family life, as well as, as travel, I think, is in this too. It sounds like um, your team travels to events all over the place, and, and that's a lot of time away from home. So um, how do you balance all of those things and make sure that you know, life isn't just all work? Sure. Um, that evolved into where I am now as far as um, that perfect balance. Initially, you're just immersed in, in working and making this business a success. So that, that's how that is. But now in uh, my golden years, um, I, I kind of get to pick and choose the events, I, uh, the ones that I know we're going to be a good fit with the client. So at this stage, and probably for the last 10, 15 years, I have what I consider to be the perfect balance. Um, one third business, one third recreation, one third family, and not in that order. But uh, I, I do think that I've got perfect balance. And I, what's funny is I do protect each and every one of those 30%, 33% with everything. I can't, it's like, I, I do not, if I'm focused on business, I'm focused on business. If I'm focused on travel or recreation, I am. And same thing with family. Uh, I, I do not let anything interrupt. So. Yeah. How, so you're 32 years into this business now from when you started, how long did it take you to actually get to that point? It probably took about about 10 years. Um, yeah. I will have to say that after two years in the business, I could actually breathe a sigh of relief. Um, okay. I, I think uh, for maybe a young entrepreneur, I know for the first two years, I saved every penny. Um, I did not live just within my means. I lived way 
within my means. I mean, you, especially in the event business, you don't, you don't have like a paycheck coming in every week. It's not like you've got a retail store where somebody's coming in and I'll make about a thousand dollars a day or whatever. Um, you, you don't know. And so I saved everything. And so after two years, I'm going, okay, I got this now. And then you can start, um, lightening up a little bit, but I think 10 years is probably about what it took for me to, to get comfortable and start slicing up that time with the family business and recreation. Yeah. Looking back on um, your history now, is there anything that uh, you did or has happened that um, you look back and wish like, I wish I'd done that differently or if I thought about it differently, you know, I'd be in a different place now than than I am. You know, I think everybody has those feelings. And and I guess if I really looked at it, I, I would. But I love where the business is right now. I love where I am right now. And if I were to go back and change something, it would change the outcome as far as where I am right now. Um, I think you have to go through all that crap <laughs> to, to, and all the mistakes and all the bad choices and all, you have to go through all of that um, to get to where you are now. And I do like where I am now. So, um, yeah, I might have at the time wished I could have changed it. Looking back in a rearview mirror, I'm, I'm fine. I'm glad the way it all played out. Yeah. So let's look in the other direction then uh, through the the front windshield. Like, where do you think uh, you want to have the business be at some point in the future? 10 years, let's call it. I don't know. I don't know how long you intend to keep running this too. Well, that's funny because there's that old saying about uh, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And, yep. and that's, uh, that's so true. And if I've learned that, I think in my twenties, there's no way I would believe that I did. I didn't think, you know, is anybody, how could you love your job that much? Really? It doesn't make sense. And I do, I love it. It is the most fun of all time. I, I don't see retirement, uh, through the, through, through the windshield at all. Um, as long as I've got energy and a breath in me, I'll keep doing this as long as clients still hire me too. <laughs> so there's that. That's the important part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, yeah. So w- w- where do you see the business being then in 10 years? Do you see it growing? You see it, uh, more events or, or that same third, third, third? Yeah. I, I, I see it still being the third, third, third. Um, I, we still get new clients and as we get new ones, uh, old ones roll off. For instance, uh, there may be an event planner with uh, one of our big uh, clients and they retire. And so then they've got a new person doing the events for used to be a client. And then we, they go to find, they go find another AV company. And that's just the nature of the business. So yeah. um, as we get new clients, uh, some of them roll off because of, uh, you know, turnover, uh, some of the event planners retiring. So I see the, the dynamics of, um, that's still being the same, uh, but just different clients, maybe down okay. the road. Yeah. So let's uh, change gears a little bit. Um, in running this business, you've been obviously doing it for quite some time and you've probably adapted over time. Is there any technology or apps or systems or, or services that you would recommend to listeners um, if they wanted to run an events business or even if they wanted to run a, a general kind of business, something that has really helped you manage the business in a better way than you could have done on your own? Sure. Um, you know, what's funny in, in the, in the, especially the AV business. Yeah. They've got some schools that you can go to trade schools. Um, I not a fan. Um, okay. I, I think plus you're paying for it. I think uh, if you wanted to, if you wanted to learn something about AV, there's plenty of production companies that are gigantic and especially right now, um, they're looking 
for people. And you can come in and not know a single thing. They'll train you. They will train you and you'll make a living doing it. And uh, then you'll have exposure to all the different systems. Find out which one you like. Are you an AV person? Are you an audio guy? Uh, do you like projection? You'll get exposed to all that and that'll help you figure out. But the best part is you'll get paid for that. You don't have to go to a school and, and you know, pay for that experience just to come out with something that's perhaps not useful. Yeah. So. Yeah. What, what about in terms of running your business itself? Is, is there anything that you absolutely rely on that helps you manage kind of the day to day? Uh, cell phone. Okay. <laughs> Super no important joke. to be in touch with your clients. <laughs> no yeah, joke. Yeah. Um, there is not one individual tool. It just really isn't. Uh, yeah. I, I, I pick up that phone and I talk directly to the clients. Uh, they call me, they, they know they can get me. They know every client of mine, I think if you ask them, are probably convinced that they are my only client. And, <laughs> and because I do, I, I just take care of business. I just do. I think it's so important. And they know that if they need something, I'll drop whatever's going on and I'm there. So I, I, I don't think there's necessary tools that, that will ever replace just good customer service. Yeah. So you've seen now hundreds, thousands of presentations. Let's give our listeners a little bit of advice. Like what have you seen that people should and should not do when they're up on the podium? Like what are some pieces of, of advice here? That is, that's a good question. And, you know, they've got that survey that's, uh, you know, they ask people. So what's the thing you fear the most? Um, and it's always going to be public speaking. Right. And, and that's then death is right after that. So, uh, <laughs> so but, it's better to be in the casket than giving the eulogy. Yeah, no kidding on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think um, if you're a presenter, I, th I think knowing your presentation, a lot of folks, um, they, they think, well, I've, I've done this and I can just, I'll go out there and I'll just look at my teleprompter and I'll do this. And uh, you got to practice it. You just have to. And, and you got to get really good and comfortable with it. Um there, there's nothing that's ever going to replace just rehearsing. Uh, yeah. it's, it, and uh, as much as I, not uh, tooting my own horn, but you do have to have the right AV company because you do have to be able to walk out on that stage with some degree of confidence right. that uh, everything is going to work. If you're walking out on that stage and you go, I don't have much confidence here that I'm going to be able to advance my PowerPoint or uh, my mic isn't uh, working well here. Crap. You know, and then it's, then all of a sudden you're messed up in the head and, right. you know, so then all of a sudden you got a problem out there. So yeah, you distracted yourself with that. Yeah. Have you, um, have you ever had to deal with presenters or anybody that are like skittish about getting onto stage? Like, have you had to like coax them onto stage? Like what, what do you do in those situations Yes, to make yes. sure that they can have their best foot forward. Yes. Um, so every now and then we'll have uh, rehearsals and uh, there'll wow. be, there'll be a person that kind of stands out as needing a little bit of hand holding, right. And that's where I come in. I'll, I'll go over to him and I say, Hey, let's try this one again. And then, so I get on the headset and tell the guys, okay, let's do this. And let's go through this rehearsal again. And just that in itself helps that person feel comfortable. Like, Oh, okay. So I am, I'm not that far off the mark. Oh, and we're just going to rehearse this one thing again and we're good. And a lot of times the hand holding and just a little, you did perfect. It was awesome. And that's all they need to know. And, and I'm not blowing smoke. I and mean, it's like, yeah, you did really, really well. I know how stressful this is and you did perfect. And so yeah. I, I think there's that. 
So it's just confidence building at the end of it the day is, 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 is all yeah. you've got to do. Yeah. Yep. To get them yep. to the line. Yep. Okay. So, um, last question, uh, what would you tell somebody that's thinking about taking this leap, um, quitting their job of 17 years or whatever it is, uh, taking the leap into either a side hustle or a full-time business? What, what advice uh, would you give somebody like that? Uh, don't be afraid. Just do it. Um, I, I see so many folks that, that, um, would like to, and I, I guarantee you it is scary. There is no question about it, but the rewards, the funness, if that's a word is, is, is just, uh, the biggest payoff of all time. It's, is don't be afraid. Just try it. Um, uh, there, yeah, plus now here's the other thing. I look at some of the folks that uh, I did kind of surround myself with that did uh, do the very same thing and they were entrepreneurs. Their business ended up being a success. Uh, they're smart people, but I don't consider them to be any smarter than the average person. So it's not like they've got this fountain of intelligence going on. And so that would be my advice. Folks, don't be afraid. Uh, do your homework. Be disciplined. Go to work. You can't lay in bed all day. Um, I get up at six o'clock every morning, and and I have for thirty two years. I get up. I, I it's time to go to work, and I do. So uh, if you're going to do it, do it right. Um, do your homework, uh, and don't be afraid to to visit with competitors. Because um, uh, it's it's funny because even though there's lots of competition in the AV business, we are all in the same industry, the same circle, and it's fun sharing stories. And then that way, I find out, oh, so it's not just me. <laughs> so so <laughs> this this exists everywhere. So there's so many right. different uh, resources you can get a hold of out there. So, but yeah, and it, you know, you asked about what if I could change something, I would have started earlier. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that seems like a common one uh, for yeah. most people. Um, Jim, this has been great. Where can our listeners find and connect with you in sure. case they have AV needs that they need? For sure. Uh, Logisticsmedia.com. That's L-O-G-I-S-T-I-X media.com. And that's a website. And then on Instagram, it's pretty easy. Logistics Media on Instagram. And same thing for Facebook, Logistics Media. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, Jim. Well, thank you so much. Hey, listeners, quick heads up. We'll be taking next week off for the Thanksgiving holiday, so you won't see a new episode in your feed next Wednesday. We'll be back with episode 35 on Wednesday, November 30th. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast, powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Pari. You can find me on Twitter at, at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, or on my website at sanjayparik.com.